I feel like most people nutrition wise, the lack of preparation is so bad and they could fix it so easily. Welcome to Effective Habits. I'm your host, Coach Gill. I'm here with my co-host today, Anthony Alvarado, on the series of puzzles. Anthony, how's it going? It's going pretty good. How about yourself? Good, man. We missed you. It's been a while. Glad to have you back. Um, before we actually get into everything, I actually wanted to update you on my... Uh, I know you've been dealing with your shoulder issues and whatnot, but I actually want to update you with my shoulder problems as well. Yeah, we feel like we're just... How's that going? Dude, so I went to the doctor yesterday, right? No. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, who'd you see like an ortho or did you see a your pcp just a regular doctor actually yeah, yeah, yeah. just a regular doctor and <laughs> your, your pcp yeah. and um so i've been going to physical therapy for like the last probably like eight months and um so pretty much what happened i had a blood draw the other day and uh when they took the needle out all the problems i had with my with my shoulder my arm like i was having numbness in my fingers people the listeners who don't know having numbness in my pinky and my ring finger and my left arm <clears throat> like bicep problems tricep problems uh, like pain i have a from the mri a torn left labrum tendinitis and all the muscles in my shoulder and then um when i went to physical therapy the, the therapist was like you actually have a neck problem like you have a shoulder problem yes from the mri but you you have a neck problem that i'm trying to figure out what it is and uh, so we've been treating it, whatnot, and dealing with him has actually helped out a lot. And I did an episode on that as well about my injury and whatnot. But um, when I had that blood draw, that was kind of like an eye opener for something else because there was a lot of pain. So, like, when they took the needle out, when the blood draw was done, it was like a you, just like a regular blood draw, like in your, your middle of your arm. Yeah, yeah, just to check my health and whatnot. I always get them um, a couple times a couple times a year. And when they took the needle out, it just like, the pain went back to like how it was when I first had started dealing with the pain, like nine out of 10 and it was like immediate. And I was like, what the hell is that? That's weird. I told my physical therapist and he was like, huh? And he's like, we've been treating like, he's, I've been treating like the muscle and the, and the bone and trying to figure out, you know, like with your shoulder, he does the stretches, you know, he does on me and whatnot. And then he does whatever he does to my neck. And um, he's always talking about my trap area and like the first rib thinking that that was a problem by trying to just do his thing. And he was like, with that said, I'm thinking there's something arterial going on. I don't know. I'm not your doctor. So I'm going to send, I'm, he made this note for my doctor and I gave it to him talking about like, is there, can we check and see if there's something like, like arterial, arterial compression and whatnot going on in his neck area, blah, 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 like blah, 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 you know, a whole note. Gave it to a doctor and doctor was like, you know what? That makes sense. I didn't think about that. Cause he's the one dealing with like the shoulder stuff. <clears throat> and got me the MRIs and whatnot. So when he got that note, he was like, you know, pretty good on Randy. You know, like that was, uh, I didn't think about that. Let's check it out. So he pulled out the ultrasound right there. And then in the office, puts the ultrasound on me or the the nurse that was with him, puts the ultrasound on me, does their thing. And then um, he's like, yeah, like there is compression on your artery in your upper left trap area and in your neck. And I was like, fuck. So that, I mean, that explains the numbness, but it still doesn't really explain you're tearing and stuff i mean you obviously tore it because it's one labrum so then because of the tear you're still you're getting 
compensation from their muscles and they're, you know, they're working. Some muscles are working harder than they're supposed to be to help stabilize the shoulder and so forth. Oh, for sure. So what what, would they they say about well, that's the bad thing because like the labor I could deal with. I feel like I could deal with uh, if I if I could just you know take care of it and I even caught it early and whatnot and train smarter. But it's just like the pain with my fingers. I'm constantly like pinching at my pinky and my middle and my uh, ring finger, like constantly pulling on them and like pinching them and like the pain it just shoots from the neck down to the fingers over like all day long every day. It just feels like a constant pain. Sometimes it's a four, sometimes it's a nine, sometimes it's a seven, just depending on the day. And I, I noticed that nutrition affects it a lot too. If I have like, if I eat something, so it sucks because if I eat something shitty, the inflammation of the shitty food will fuck with it. And so if I eat more healthy food, which I hate saying that, but if I eat more whole food, it doesn't really affect it as much. So when you, when you say shitty food, what kind of shitty food are you talking about? Like more processed foods. Is it, is it processed or is it more salts? No, no, just more like a um, packaged processed foods anything that's anything that's not packaged it's like usually works out pretty well you know like your whole like your fruits and vegetables you know your your proteins and whatnot so so the reason i asked that is because you know we know salt plays a role in you know dehydration and so forth and you know when you're dehydrated you get a higher viscosity in your blood so it means your blood's thicker and it you know increases it helps it basically because your blood's thicker it results in it's harder to pump that blood through the body and if you're having some sort of impingement on the blood flow so let's just say you're having a harder time pumping blood from you know your heart to that part to your to, you know, to your fingers and stuff that's why you're getting numb then you eat shitty food high in salt because usually processed food usually the correlation is it's usually higher in salt compared to more healthier foods you know what i mean yeah and because of that, because you know the way it you know, creates the viscosity in blood, it makes it harder. It makes it even harder now to pump that blood to that part of your body. So that's why I'm asking: is it is it more about the salts versus it being processed? Usually, sense. usually processed food is usually higher in salt in general. Yeah, so, that's true. It's mostly uh, like like I said cereals. I love cereal after like working out. Can't do it no more. Like uh, cookies after working out, it kind of sucks. If I do do it, I really know I'm going to pay for it stuff like that you know cookie like, so sweets. maybe try maybe try knowing when you're gonna if you're gonna have something like that make sure you're gonna be a little extra hydrated prior to doing that this way you can compensate for the the loss of you know well, the extra salts are gonna come in that messes with your you know your, your fluid balance i mean uh-huh. do you do you feel that way even after drinking no well i think it's just the numbness from drinking <laughs> so yeah yeah drinking actually makes me feel better it takes like the pain away yeah but uh yeah so it was pretty cool to figure out finally that was like all right because like i said we had we knew the shoulder they like but ever since i met the therapist like he never knew the problem he was like there's something going on around your neck area i just don't know what it is and it was cool to finally get like a confirmation like yeah there is something like possibly uh, constricting or pinching on your artery in that area it could be your first rib um, pushing down on it. it could be your spine we don't know so i gotta i'm getting an mri done to figure out did they say it, where at on your body was it uh i can't remember what the they said like this word. Huh? oh this right here so the back kind of where your trap is basically going yeah down. upper upper left trap yeah hmm. <clears throat> and so um so that was kind of good to hear. Then we'll get an MRI done. And then when the MRI, we'll figure out 
what's actually doing it. And then from there, but he was even telling me, he's like, we know what the problem is now. We're going to figure out what's causing the problem with through the MRI. And then the next step is going to be how are we going to treat it? And I'm like, man, like he's, I'm going to do some research, you know, then if we got to do, get you a specialist, why not? Then we'll figure out from there. But that's the only thing I'm trying to figure out is like, all right, how are we going to treat this thing? And like, obviously, you know, like, man, I hate, I never had surgery done yet. So I, I mean, like, it's going to be pretty crazy to figure out what we're going to do to fix this. So I'll keep you updated. I was like telling you this, this stuff and whatnot to keep you updated on it, but it's just crazy. Like, cause nothing really, I don't really know what caused it. You know what I mean? But he was even talking about like how the, the bone could have grew a certain way. And then. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. So bone spurs, when you have, when you have a chronic trauma to the area, so your, your tear in the labrum is chronic trauma. Your body can't really heal the labrum like you, like normal tissue does because it's soft tissue. And so when you get a tear, you get instability in the joint. And that instability, they call it subluxation where you're partial dislocating back and forth, right? Mm-hmm. So you, you're getting basically increased movement in that joint compared to your other joint. And they'll start rubbing together bone-to-bone contact. And again, you're getting compensation from other muscles to help try to move the joint when the other rotator cuffs maybe not are not able to do it as optimally because of the tear in the labrum because the instability anyhow those are all trauma and the the more the longer the trauma continues then you get bone spurs and those are basically when the bone abnormally starts growing in locations and so uh, if it grows abnormally then they can start impinging on areas because it's not meant to, that bone is not meant to be that big or shaped in that manner. And therefore it impedes, you know, impedes the, the normal anatomical things going on. So then you get impingement on your blood flow. I know with my shoulder, because you know, I've been dealing with mine for 14 years, I have what looks like almost a dagger for a collarbone. Mm-hmm. The collarbone is usually nice and smooth. Mine actually comes down into a triangle and it goes back up. Mm-hmm. And it's, like a, it's a literal dagger just stabbing me over and over again. They, they told me I have perforations. So, you know, when you tear it, you usually see like a nice squiggly tear, or, you know, nice clean, uh, you cut it, right? Yeah. Perforations are holes. So I have actually literal holes just poked out, stabbed in different parts of my, my rotator cuffs. That's Sucks. crazy. So that, the crazy part is like, that's how you know we're like best friends, like, we're all fucked up in the same area. Yeah, we're both fucked up here. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, but yeah, I keep you doing that. So yeah, it, for sure, it, it sucks, man. Just whatever. But yeah, let's get right into it. So today's episode, we're talking about uh, the biggest nutritional challenges that people face when trying to diet. So the first one I wanted to bring up was uh, pretty much like one of the biggest ones that I think, and a lot of studies will say, is just like emotional and stress eating. What would you think about that, Anthony? I definitely think that's a big one. I mean, even from, you know, I, I will say, you know, to be kind of like, you know, honest, you know, that's kind of one of my problems. You know, I, I, I we're talking about shoulder issues. So I deal with a lot of pain all, all, all the time. You know, there's no fix for my shoulder and I got blood clots and stuff. So, you know, sometimes you, you, I catch myself wanting to eat and I'm not even hungry it's just because eating, you know, releases serotonin and it makes you feel good. And that temporary relief from all your other issues makes you feel good in that moment. And it's, it's a bad habit. You know what I mean? You got to catch yourself with that, but it's definitely a real thing. 
I know other people, you know, everyone's suffering with something, you know, whether it's a physical ailment or maybe they're stressed out in life, you know, life's getting a little harder, getting behind on bills, whatever the case may be. Some people, you know, they want to, they may indulge themselves a little bit because it's a temporary relief from what's going on. Oh, for sure. Um, I'm kind of glad that you said that answer because I'm actually the opposite. Um, whenever I'm stressed or emotional, I actually don't eat, which is still just as bad. Yeah. But I literally would not, let's say like a, a breakup or let's say like I had a something, something that had to mess with my day. I literally, I don't get hungry. I'm like literally all, all any kind of hunger whatsoever was just immediately shut down and go away and I just won't eat whatsoever. But I mean, this is just as bad as, as overeating because now you're like lacking in protein. You're pretty much just yeah, thermogenesis. And, just messing you know, you're, with you're basically yo-yo dieting, essentially killing your yeah. metabolism. Exactly. Like I could get into an argument with my wife and just like, like if it's, let's say it's a bad argument, like I'll get into it and it's like, I would not eat. Like I don't want to eat. So I'll just tell myself like, all right, you need to eat this. I know you're not hungry, but just eat. But a regular day, I'd be hungry, starving all day long. And like, I want to eat. I'm eating four or five, six times a day. I want to eat. I'm, I'm hungry. But like, if I get into arguments, like something stressful, like something emotional, it's just like, I don't want to eat. I'm just done. I don't care. But then I hear a lot of other people like same thing. If they get into like a breakup or they get into an emotional situation, they want to eat constantly. Like you have the typical, yeah, yeah. you know, the typical, not me, but like the typical thing where like you see on movies, stuff like that girls, like eating ice cream when something happens, yeah. like a break or whatever. Like that's never, that's never been me whatsoever. I'm just, I'm not trying to sit down and eat ice cream. I'm trying to like sit down and not eat nothing whatsoever so i would say to kind of combat that with emotional stress i think that's like the hardest thing to combat out of all the challenges we're going to bring up today is because there's not this one answer to kind of fix your problem there's not just one kind of way to approach the problem but i think the best thing to kind of figure out is this identify the stress because you could be in a stressful situation or not situated for like a relationship and you could be in a toxic relationship you could be and we'll get into supportive environments later on, but like just figure out, identify what the stress is in your life. It could be work. It could be home. It could be family, it could be whatever, figure out what the stress is and try and limit that stress in your life. That'd be the first thing. The next thing I think would be when you do happen to have a situation where you are, where you do get stressed or you are stressed out or emotional in a certain situation, take a deep breath. I think deep breaths have always helped me in any kind of situation I've been with either at work or the Marine Corps are even just here at home. It's just like, take a deep breath, big breath in and out. And then kind of, I just like count the 10. And then when you count the 10, you kind of figure out like, all right, well, 10 takes quite a, quite a bit to get there. And you kind of under like, you know, assess the situation and figure out what's going on, figure out what you're thinking about, figure out what the stress was. And then see if, if you, if you do continue, if you do want to eat at that point still after doing all that, but I mean, I just kind of figure out what is it that's going on in your life that's not good for you whatsoever. So, I mean, I, I agree with your second point. Your first one, uh, I really don't agree too much. Um, my, my take on it is there's always going to be stress in life. And there's no way. You think some things are just not in your control. You can't, you know. I, I'm going to look at this kind of from my perspective. You know, I, I kind of have a really intimate relationship with stress and pain and you know there you, you say in your first point to kind of try to limit your stress but 
in life, you're going to have stress from all kinds of different sources. That's just life, you know, and you can't control it. It's always going to be there. However, I think what's better is to try to identify better coping mechanisms. So coping, you know, when you, when you have stress and you stress eat or stress not eat, you're doing it to elicit some sort of physical response. So if you, if you stress eat, right? You're doing it because it makes you feel good. You release dopamine, you release serotonin as you do it. So it makes you feel good. And yeah. that's a temp, it's a temporary relief from the thing you're trying to escape. It, it's no better. I mean, you can argue it's, it's better, but it, it's no better than running to alcohol or running to prescription drugs or illicit drugs. You're doing the same behavior that got that person hooked on drugs, right? Because yeah. you're you're stressed, you you find a stimulus that stresses you out. You look for a coping mechanism to basically help you, you know, escape that for momentarily. Which could be food, could be drugs, could be alcohol, could be, you know, prom- being promiscuous and having random sex. It could be all kinds of different things that people do to you know escape those life stress events. No, definitely. Uh, I could agree with that. Hold on, my my my, my uh, stupid headphones died. Let me change this real quick. Yeah. Anyhow, okay. So what I what I continue on. I, I was saying, you know, so the the I think the better thing to do is to try to find healthier coping mechanisms. There are there are many things you can do that still make you feel good and help you escape things than eating or drugs or alcohol. You know. Runner's high is, is that's a phrase for a reason. You literally get high off your endorphins. You know that's why people do it. You know, or working out. I have to reach that point. Yeah, I don't. I don't get it either. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I mean, working out though, I feel that though. You know, you work out, you have a really good, great workout. You feel good after. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so that's 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 one thing that's been hard for me because I, I don't have that ability to do that as much anymore. Like I could, I can't lift heavy because my arms so. It's been a challenge to find a new coping mechanism that I used to have. That's what I used to do. I felt stressed, school, work, whatever, hit the gym, hit it hard, you know, come out feeling, you know, different. You kind of, you just sweat your stress away, essentially. Mm-hmm. And so, but yeah, I, I think, you know, it, it kind of goes with your second point, though. You know, basically identifying the stress, but identifying, identifying uh, healthier coping mechanisms that are not going to set you back essentially. Yeah. Cause no, exactly. Cause the thing I want to get to people is like when they get into these certain situations, it's like they get into them and they're like, all right, I want to eat. I want to binge. This is what I want to do. Screw it. I don't care. And it's like, think about it first, take a deep breath. And is this, is this exactly like, if you're trying to diet, you're trying to lose weight. Um, they're on a plan or whatever it is. Think about it first. Think about what your first goals were. Think about what's going on. Think about what is it that you planned out to do. And then before you start getting into that food or the, you know, the drinks or whatever it is, as it is, it's like, just think about it. Um, don't just jump right into it just because you're stressed. And I understand it's hard. And like, I think like a point I put out there is just like shit happens. Like if you do do it, don't be too hard on yourself. Cause then you'll just stress more. Like, oh, I fucking yeah. did it. I'm mad at myself now for doing that. Like, now you're just putting twice as much stress as you had before. Hey, it happened. Let's say you do binge. Let's say you do go out with friends and you just mess up whatever plan that you had to lose weight or body fat. Hey, get over it. Next day, jump back on the 
you know, jump back on the horse and just start, just get right back on your plan. Because if you stress about it even more and hate yourself even more, then it's just going to be and it's more that, that much more healthy for you. So <laughs> now for the next one is my, the biggest one that I like, I think is a big challenge for people. And it's something that anyone could really literally fix on their own. It's just lack of planning. And I feel like most people nutrition wise, is just like their lack of preparation is so bad and they could fix it so easily because the biggest thing is like, well, let's say, let's say someone that works nights too. Like even me being a cop is just like, well, all there is is fast food open at night. Well, you could pack all your food and be fine. There's thermos that hold your food that are hot for eight to 12 hours, keep your food hot the whole time, keep in your car, then boom, you got food. You don't even need a microwave. But people just lack planning so much that they make excuses that they're not prepared. And that's why they go out to eat the fast food. That's why they go out to eat that stuff they're not supposed to be in beyond the planet they were given from a coach. And because it's lack of planning, you could literally prep your food for the, I've been prepping food for the week since I was 14. So it means cook all your food. And that's when it comes down to making, putting things in your plan that you enjoy. <clears throat> like I said, the things that work for me, I like the little, I like to enjoy the little things like that, you know, 10, 10 to 50% of my diet is like the stuff that I really enjoy. But for the most part, I keep it extremely basic because prepping the food makes it that much easier when it's that much more basic. So if I just get ground yeah. sirloin and I just get chicken breast and just cook it all in bulk and keep it in the fridge and every day I separate a meal all right, these are my meals for tomorrow. I'm going to separate them. This is my ground sirloin meal. This is my chicken breast meal. And uh, this is my shake. I have protein shake, our meal replacement. Put that together. Boom, boom, boom. Add oatmeal, add rice, add, add whatever it is. Put them all together. Boom. For tomorrow, I'm set. So I always prepare the day before. So I prepare for the week by put, cooking it in bulk. And then every day I prepare for the day before. And that's when I went through prep, having a full-time job, having a side business, you know, being a husband, being a father, I made sure that every day, boom, what do I have for tomorrow? Prepped it all for the day, for the next day. When I woke up, I was really set. The only thing I had to cook was breakfast, but breakfast, I love cooking it. And then it's just super easy. But even when I was in the Marine Corps and I didn't have a, I didn't have like a, a place to cook all my food. So when it came down to actually my, my breakfast, because I actually wanted eggs still, I just harboled them. Do I like harboled eggs? No, but I was prepping. I was in the Marine Corps. I had no kitchen. That's what I did. So I was just prepared still. Or I had a, a protein pancake, oatmeal, whey protein, blend it all together, cook it all the night, before, cook it all the night before, boom, boom, put in the package, put a Ziploc package, put in the fridge, good, set. But every day I was prepared. That's just the biggest thing is just try to be prepared as possible. <clears throat> and if you don't want to do all the work of cooking and you, you think that you don't have, have time for cooking, if you're not willing to stop watching Netflix for an hour of your day to not cook or stop doing whatever it is that's taking them all the time of your day or stop watching Instagram reels for an hour a day and start cooking, then order a food prep from someone who's willing to make those foods for you, prep them for you, package them for you, and you just throw in your fridge and you're ready, good to go. So my friend Jesse Unleashed Meals, I always order meals for him every week. <clears throat> I appreciate his sponsorship. And so I'll, every week I get meals from him and put it in the fridge. And then, so whenever time does come, I just take those meals off. If I need the convenience of it, boom, we're good to go. Yeah. So what do you think, Anthony? Well, you remember how we talked about uh, when, you know, doing a diet, you know, you, you, you don't want to go kind of balls, you know, balls to the wall right away. You kind of want to do it in steps because, you know, if, if you go from an extremely unhealthy lifestyle and you go to super clean, counting calories, counting macros and micros and counting your water intake, you do, you do all of it. Well, you never did any of that before. 
it creates an unsustainable environment and you just end up failing, right? Yeah. And I think the same thing kind of can even you can apply that same logic to this. So you you got so with with the lack of planning, really in my eyes, this is more of an accountability issue. You're essentially just making choices of what you want to do and prioritizing prioritizing that over other things. So you brought up Netflix, right, or watching Wheels or whatever. You know, you don't necessarily have to cut it all out immediately. Sure, maybe that's the goal. Maybe you stop on a you know you don't want to watch three hours of Netflix a day. Maybe you need to like you want to cut down to an hour a day, right? Yeah. But you know, if you go from three hours a day to no hours a day, how sustainable is that? So why not multitask? Why not put on your Netflix show? Why not and cook dinner? Cook your meal prep while you're watching TV. Why do you have to sit on the couch and do it? Why can't you do both? You know, using and leveraging your time and you know doing two things at once versus one thing, you can help get those baby steps towards that goal of just overall lowering, you know, your Netflix consumption or whatever the case may be. So, you know, it, it's all about choices really for this one. And, and you, you can make smarter choices. And again, I don't advocate for going balls of the wall right away. You, know, you, you want to do this in increments because that's what helps create a sustainable habit. Same thing with dieting. You can't just go clean eating and counting this and that when you've never done this before. You, you got to do it in steps. Otherwise, you're just going to fail. Mm-hmm. That's my actually, No, I actually glad you brought that up because I'm like the poster boy for multitasking with Netflix and doing what I have to do. So if you talk to Emily, my wife, she makes fun of me all the time because if you see me in the house, I literally have Netflix or Disney Plus when I'm watching Star Wars. I literally just binge all of Star Wars uh, if you're watching my stories. <clears throat> or Hulu. I literally have it. I have these little, this phone like holder that holds the phone up, mm-hmm. right? In like landscape mode. And I'll watch whatever, even YouTube, Hulu, Net, all, all the stuff. I'll be watching something and literally cooking. And it, it can even just be breakfast. It could be I'm bulking the food for the, for the week. It could be, dude, I'm, Taking a, I can take a shower and watch a show if I don't want to stop watching it. This boom, yeah. boom, I can just listen to it. Even cardio, you know, Dude. when people say they don't have time for cardio, Dude, I, mean, I am watching, watching 30 it. minutes of TV a day. You got time. Yeah, I'm watching it. I am watching TV pretty much practically all day long. Um, whenever I do a task, like other than working out and work, I'm watching some kind of like app that shows TV or movies nonstop. How I met your mother, that's how I go to sleep. I pretty much listen to it. When I'm taking a shower or getting ready for to go to bed, watch it for a little bit, go to bed, and then go to bed. Like <clears throat> I could just do what I'm literally watching uh something all day long to, to do whatever task I'm doing. Um, so uh, yeah, like you said, it's perfect, dude. That was perfect. Yeah, spot on. You don't have to sit down and watch whatever it is, freaking do what you gotta do. If you gotta, if you do like, all right, you know, I should meal prep, I'm gonna do that right now. Throw your I have these little hands, I'll hold my phone, throw your phone in there watch whatever you're watching that's so important to you, cook, do what you got to do, and boom, you're good. And then if you want to save like 30 minutes or an hour of your time to like your significant other or yourself and to sit down and watch anything, that's cool. But just make sure that you're prepared and planned out or something like that so you're good and your goals are set. Because no one else is setting these goals. This is all pertaining to someone who has a goal of like losing weight or better than yourself, fat loss, or 
and like that. So it's like, you set out to do these goals. No one else told you to do them. That was your goal. So if you want to get to whatever goal it is, you can still do what you got to do. You can still enjoy these different things. Just, all right. Just find, just adapt and overcome to the situation and do what you got to do while still liking the things you got to do. You know what I'm saying? Like we're not like me. I'm just maintaining, just focusing on health, whatnot. So I'm not trying to do like when I was prepping, that was a different story. I still made it happen regardless of what I had to do. But if you're choosing to make this decision to lose fat, lose weight, whatever it is, then you have to understand make a sacrifice instead of sitting down and watching it, you're just going to just be doing what you have to do and watching it and be doing cardio and watching your Netflix. You'll be doing your cooking and watching Netflix, just whatever it is. You still get to do what you, you still get to get the best of both worlds. So it's fine. <clears throat> um, one thing I would say though, that helped me out with work when I was on patrol <clears throat> and I had a goal was um, meal replacements. So I always carried either whey protein or oatmeal in my cargo pocket. Or I'll carry a whole meal replacement from action sledge <clears throat> called homemade. I had Great, perfect macros in it, uh, good fat content, good carb content, high protein. And it was made with whole foods and whatnot from oatmeal, carbs from oatmeal and whatnot like that. I loved it. Uh, the taste is great. And I'll keep it in my cargo pocket. It's a scoop or two. And then whenever, let's say it was like, stuff happens on work sometimes. You can't get back to the office or you can't get back to your car to eat your meal. So all I do is always, always drinking water, pull out that little Ziploc bag, pour that uh, meal placement into my water bottle. Then boom, I had a meal, drank it real quick. I'm good. 10 seconds. Set, set. Never missed a meal. So, <clears throat> all right. So next thing would be, um, the next nutrition challenge would be cravings. And I think this is a big one for a lot of people as well. Um, people feel like they're always craving something. They have to have something. Pretty much, sometimes I see food for some people, not for me, but a lot of people it, it turns into like an addiction for them to where they cannot go without it for some reason. It's so weird, but yeah, it's kind of like, like coffee, like drugs or whatever it is. Like they have to have it or they'll just lose their mind. Like you said, you brought up earlier in the podcast was like, there's there, you said serotonin is like connected to food and people, when they, when they enjoy situations with friends or family, they incorporate food, right? That food has like a, uh, has like the emotional connection to them, to their mind and to, to them as well, to the situation. So there's always some kind of food connected to these happy um, situations with the people. So it's like, they cannot get away from it. They think that if they don't eat it, they're just gonna, they're gonna be missing out on whatever it is. So <clears throat> would you say that's like, what do you think? They would say that's, that's pretty. So I think there are almost two different topics within that topic. Cause you know, the fear of missing out and, you know, doing things with the family or the friends, it really comes down to the planning stage. You know when things, most of the time, you, you know when things are going to happen, whether it's a birthday party or, you know, friends are having to get together this weekend. And you can, you can plan accordingly, okay, cool, I know I'm going to probably indulge a little bit this weekend, so maybe I'll cut my calories down a little bit, you know, for a couple of days, and then it'll basically compensate or Maybe I don't eat as much calories that day or whatever the case may be. It's more planning and making choices. You definitely shouldn't like not partake. You just got to make smarter choices. You, yeah. you got to plan for that. You know what I mean? Because if you, if you sacrifice quality of life where you're not having fun, you know, you know, partaking in those things, oh, I can't go out to dinner tonight, guys. Sorry, I'm on a diet. That's, that's no way to live either. You know what I mean? Because then, Again, back to sustainability, you're not going to sustain that because you're just missing out on life. 
So again, planning for those events and planning around that is key. For cravings, that's a whole other, that's a hard topic because, you know, usually cravings, most of the time, speak to a deficit in some sort of, in your nutrition. You know, if you're craving sweet foods, salty foods, or whatever the case may be, you may be missing something that your body is trying to tell you, hey, you need. But then there are times where, you know, you're actually just craving just sweets because you just want to eat. So you have to kind of identify first what it is you're feeling. And it may not even be hunger. Maybe you're thirsty, but you're misinterpreting that signal as hunger. You know what I mean? No, it makes sense. Yeah. Actually, whenever I, that's a good point. I probably phrased that all wrong. I'm glad you brought that up. Um, so with cravings, whenever I'm dieting, like for a show or just dieting for fat loss or whatever, my cravings for sweets actually goes up really high. And then when I'm not prepping or when I'm not trying to lose body fat, I'm just like um, either maintaining or bulking. My craving for my craving for um, savory is extremely high. I could care less about sweets. Like thinking about cookies, eh, don't give, don't care. Thinking about like, literally just anything that's kind of sweet, don't really care about it. Um, even just like, um, yeah, pretty much anything sweet, I won't care about it. But now savory, I just want everything that's savory. I want all the bacon in the world. I want all the steak in the world. I want pretty much anything that's going to be in that, in that subject line. It's just, I, I just want more and more of it. <clears throat> um, but no, if I, so I feel like most of my clients are fat loss clients. So they, and that they tend to want more sweets and candy. Um, the cravings. So, thing, so think about it like this. I mean, when you're in, a, when you're, in a, you're dieting for a show, right? Yeah. Or if you're losing weight. They're both actually the same thing because you're, you're in a caloric deficit trying to lose body fat for either the show, which is more a more extreme version of just a typical fat loss diet, right? Yeah. What what do sweet things? Sweet things are really calorically dense, are they not? No, they are. So what are you what are you really after that? Yeah, it's calories then. You're after the calories, you're after yeah. the energy because you are in an energy deficit. Calories is energy and energy calorie deficit is therefore an energy deficit. So you're wanting the energy because you're sacrificing yourself, your fat and your whatever, you know, hopefully minimalistic muscle loss, but you're still sacrificing yourself in order to convert it into energy to help, you know, get you through, get you through the day. So when you're in dieting for a show, you're dieting for fat loss, that sweet, you know, that's, that's those you know, cravings for sweet stuff is really a craving for energy. And so you have to be able to recognize, again, the signals and what they really mean in order to combat them. If you understand why you are looking for sweets, it's not that you want sweets, it's just you want something calorically dense and you want energy. But then you have to realize, well, if I do that, then I'm really defeating the purpose of dieting. <laughs> yeah, no, that you makes mean? sense. Um, it kind of goes into our first topic with cravings is, I, I, I put on a thing is just identify the trigger foods. So like whenever, so I put an example for that for myself is just like, if I'm craving something sweet when I'm dieting, let's say, yeah, if I'm craving something sweet when I'm dieting, I'll have like, let's say protein pancake with it, right? With like sugar-free syrup. <clears throat> so I'm not having the real syrup that's going to put me this more caloric dense to that syrup itself and not having a real pancake, but the protein pancake and the sugar-free syrup is what's going to, pretty much just 
make me feel good. It's going to give me what I want. Give me, it's going to tame my cravings, put them down. They're gone. They're away. Now I ate, ate whatever I ate. And then now I feel good. Those cravings are gone. And now I know that I did not mess up whatever, I, whatever plan I was on because everything I had was just pretty much where I needed to be macro wise for my goal. And I didn't overeat on all the other stuff as far as like, cause the syrup itself. I mean, you could just jack up your calories with just a little bit of that. And so when, when I use sugar-free syrup, I'm going to have like quite a bit, but yeah. if I had that same amount in this regular syrup, it's going to be that three times, three, four, five times as much as calories in it. So identified. All right. <laughs> but another thing too, is identifying these foods is like, cause like we're talking about, you know, fits and macros and whatnot and incorporating foods that you like, but I noticed when I'm prepping, I cannot have, let's say, let's say I could fit a pizza. Let's say at the beginning of prep, I could fit a slice of pizza into my plan. This is only when I'm, when I'm dieting, not just like maintaining. Let's say I could fit a slice of pizza into it. Yeah, I could fit it into my macros. But if I eat that slice of pizza, I'm going to want more. It's going to open that floodgate. So what do I tell myself? I tell myself, don't do it. Because if I do do it, I know I'm not going to have one. I'm going to have six or eight or 10. I meet the whole goddamn box. So that's just for myself. You got to understand, you got to understand yourself as well because everyone is different. Is just understand what these foods are that can make you go overboard and want to binge and then don't just don't eat them and just take them out of your, just get them out of your sight or whatever it is or walk away from it. So I won't do that. But if it's, a, there's other foods I can eat that I could enjoy as well, eat them in moderation and be fine. But there's this certain food you got to figure out in your life because everyone's different. Is, is that that trigger food that it is? It's going to open the floodgates. All right. I, I probably should stay away from it or either that if you're at home, just keep it out of the house. Um, like I said, cause yeah, we can enjoy the things we want in moderation, but if your goal is, if your whatever your goal is, if you think that if it's in the house, you cannot have it because you know, you eat the whole box and some people are like that. It's like, they can't just have one, two or three, like they can't just have two Oreos. They gotta have the whole sleep, you know? So it's like, all right, if that's what it is for you, then like me, I can have a whole box of Oreos in my cabinet, not touch one of them for like a whole month easily and i love oreos but i just don't i don't, I don't care to touch them like i said cause i don't crave sweets whenever i'm just maintaining i crave savory so it can sit there all day it can sit there all day long go old but if you know that's what's affecting you and if you have what you can't just have one you get the whole sleeve then just take it off your plan take it out of your house just keep it out of sight and then the next thing i have is like let's say you have kids and whatnot and it's like well i have kids i have heard that excuse for well i have kids and i gotta have crap in my and crap in my house or whatever it is because my kids need it. Well, the, first of all, you're the adult. <laughs> you're the one who buys the food. And if you want to give your kids while they're growing up and you want to give your kids crap, then that's your choice. But then two, it's like, if you can't be disciplined and be the adult, just be an adult and eat how an adult should be eating. If you can't make the choice to be disciplined, that's just like, it kind of gets more into an aggressive stance, but it's just like, at the end of the day, you're the adult, just be an adult. If you literally if you're telling yourself that you have to have this food because you're, you have kids and you got to have this food in your house. And I have a kid as well. And I have snacks for him. I have goldfish. I have cheese. It's, I have more crap in here in my house than I ever had before with him because, you know, he likes these little things, these little snacks that he takes with him um, in his car scene and whatnot. But it's like, I do not touch none of it because first of all, I don't even crave it, but, um, and I do I enjoy that stuff, but it's like, I'm the adult. It's like, I don't need to eat it. I know what my goals are. And at the end of the day, it's like, all right, it's going to be in the house, but you know what? Whatever. It's in the house, whatever. Um, but it, let's say, or, it you know, you, you can just, you can do it for your kid. You know, you can't, you can't, you can't expect to teach your kid good things if you can't do it. Either. Exactly. I, as a big, biggest thing is just be an adult. 
And my kid sees me like, cause he eats whole food all day long. So that's what I like about him. He's not just eating snacks. So he's eating eggs every morning. He's eating ground, he's eating ground sirloin for lunch. He's eating freaking chicken. He's eats all that stuff. So he will not eat his snacks unless he eats his whole, his food, you know, his protein will not. Then he gets to enjoy the different stuff he wants. But if I had to have that stuff in the house, I'm not just like, well, it's my kid's fault. And a lot of people, I hear that people blame their, it's, dude, it's so stupid. They blame their kids. Like, well, I have to have this stuff and it's my kid's fault. You know, I can't let it go away and I have to eat it because it's there. You know what? Can we try different things to kind of minimize all that stuff? Then if I trigger foods and whatnot, at the end of the day, if you're blaming your kid or if you're saying that you can't do this because you have to have this stuff for your kid, and you know what? Just be the adult. That's just your fault at that point. It's like, yeah. act, act like an adult, be an adult, eat like an adult, and just whatever. Like my friend Taylor Lopes says, like, eat like an adult. Who gives a shit? Like, at that point, you know what? That's just your choice. You're the adult. You make your own choices, and this is whatever. But, <clears throat> yeah, so you got any more? The, the last thing I want to add to that is uh, fiber. You know, because, you know, fiber slows down digestion, basically helps you absorb the nutrients a little better. You know, it's, it's, fiber is a really great thing. But, you know, if you slow down the digestion, you feel full longer. And if you feel full longer, you're not craving as much because you're full. Yeah. So getting adequate fiber is, is a really good, great way to combat any kind of cravings, whether it's for sweet or savory things or whatever. Having no, a good fiber. Exactly. And, even, and to add on to that, too, I learned that um, if I just eat slower, it helps me much better, too, with being more full. Because I used to eat really fast. And I, now, I'll, like, if I want to, now if I know I'm having an issue, I'll, I'll pretty much chew to, like, 25, 30, like, 30 times with each with each bite. And I know it slows it down. It takes me longer to eat, too. And uh, that's only if I'm having a problem, like, all right, I'm craving too much. I want to do this. I want to binge or whatever i was like all right slow down have more fiber in my, my meal and then chew about 25 30 times it just takes me forever to eat and at that point yeah. by the time you're done with your meal you're just like nah, i don't care no more and then you're satisfied from whatever you're eating as well and like you said the fiber is going to make you full so now i'm full all right cool whatever go off my day <clears throat> all right so the next one's going to be um unsupportive environment and peer pressure i actually like this one we talked about this before we got before we started too as well i think this I honestly think this is probably the biggest one for people, um, especially with the younger generation. It's just like we all want to go out. We all want to party. We all want to go to the bar. We all want to hang out with friends. And like you said, like you talked about earlier, food is connected with good times. There's always some kind of food connected with some kind of good time because of the chemical reaction that's, that's happening with good food and whatnot. So it's just like <clears throat> surround yourself. I say surround yourself with supportive people. If you make a goal to lose weight, if you make a goal to lose body fat or you make a goal to, to prep for a competition, whatever goal it is, even if it's just to bulk the right way, or whatever fitness goal you have for yourself, or you just, if you're obese and you want to be, look better and feel better, surround yourself with supportive people. Um, because if you don't, then you're going to constantly get that peer pressure that you think you're better than us. Why are you doing this for? You're fine. You have your life, YOLO, whatever the sh- fuck it is. You're the one who wants to better yourself, just better yourself. When you do this, you're going to, you're going to realize real quick who's actually really in your corner because the people who support you and the people who give you these positive reinforcements and they want to support you throughout your journey to lose weight and to be, and to better yourself, you're going to see you. They're going to be there for you. They're going to constantly let you know 
and comment on whatever it is to your to you, let you know that, that they're there in your corner. And the people who constantly give you shit and are negative, they're gonna let you know as well because they're gonna be loud about it and they're not gonna support you. They're always gonna say shit about you, they'll probably make fun of you. And you know what? You don't need those people in your life. I don't care if it's family, friends, whatever it is, you gotta do what you gotta do for yourself. And especially if you're over if you're over really overweight and you're obese and it comes down to your health in your life. And who cares what anyone says? Just do what you have to do to better your health and better your life. And if it's just a goal to, like I said, to just look better and that, that's your goal and to feel better, then do what you got to do. But like, you don't have to go, you don't have to go out with these people. You don't have to do whatever. And when you get to where you want to be and you're in a position where you want to be able to do what you want to be and you want to do what you want to do, then you can make those decisions to whenever you're ready. But if you have a certain goal and yeah. that's what you want to do, then just you like you're the control of your own life you don't care you don't have to fall into the peer pressure of someone else like if you're at work and like oh we're all going to lunch for work and like oh that's fine like you guys go ahead on going you know and then they're like well you know so-and-so doesn't want to hang out with us during lunchtime at work so he's a he's a bad team player at work like no you just don't want to follow that you don't have to follow like sheep when your coworkers go to work, you don't have to keep doing this or that. And if you do go to, if, if you do go to lunch with your coworkers, just make a better decision to like you, like Anthony said earlier, just make better decisions on the menu. But if you know for yourself, if for yourself, if you know that you cannot make a good, if you, if you have that menu in hand and you know, you won't make the, the better decision to choose something better for you. And you know, you're going to choose something that's not as best as best for you. Then you probably shouldn't go. It's just, you're only going to know for yourself how you act and how you react to certain things. And that's what the case and figure out your situation and assess it. And then if like, all right, well, I probably shouldn't go because I know I'm going to do this and just don't go. It's fine. And if you, if you are disciplined enough to go and make better decisions then go, it's fine. But don't ever let any coworker or any family member or whatever it is or friend dictate or tell you that you have to do this or you're not going to be cool. You have to do this or whatever it is. Like your goals are your goals. Who cares? So just don't, you should never have to worry about what anyone else thinks. Who, who gives a all the person that you care about yourself is just yourself so who cares sure what do you think yeah, yeah that's that's pretty much what i would have said mainly it's just to me mainly this one's just about discipline you, you have to understand that it's all about discipline you, people are not going to do things for you they're not i mean even if you have supportive friends you still you still ultimately have to make the decision you know, you're making the choice. So sure, you know, it's easier if people are not pressuring you into doing things, but at the end of the day, it's still your decision. So yeah. this one to me is just all about discipline. Yeah, because I remember when we were in high school, uh, bodybuilding wasn't a big thing yet. There was no bikini. There was no uh, men's physique. There was none of that. It was just bodybuilding and figure and uh, women's bodybuilding. And then I was like the only bodybuilder in our high school. And I used to get made fun of for bringing meals to school, even though, you know, I would go along with everybody else, but just, there was like, you know, they make their comments like, why are you bringing meals to school for blah, blah, blah. <clears throat> and it's just like, well, that's just what I enjoy. It's what I do. And I, just, I, did, I don't know. I just never cared about what anyone says. And now fast forward um, five years later, and then everyone's all in the fitness. Everyone's all into gym. It's like, I've been doing this shit for the last since, you know, the last 15 years and you're to get into it now. Cause it's cool. Like now, do what you want to do. Don't ever care what anyone says. Don't care what anyone thinks. Just yeah. do, what, do what makes you happy. So the next thing is going to be alcohol while I drink my whiskey. I guess that sounds bad. Um, but I you know, always have a whiskey or two when I'm doing the podcast. Um, but even before the podcast, I would have like a whiskey or two 
uh, once or twice a week, but I wouldn't, not every day. I would never say, I would never do it every day. Um, not, I don't need it every day. Uh, with, but people who have a hard time with handling alcohol, you know, you have your alcoholics, you have to have every day. If you listen to my podcast episode, Sober Talk with Rob, he talks about how he had, how he was drinking, like, I think he said he was drinking a handle in one day, every day. And I'm just like, goodness. I mean, you pretty much have to understand your relationship with alcohol, figure out what it is. And I think a bigger thing with alcohol is probably just like food is going to be peer pressure. There's all, there's that soul, there's that, you know, there's that, that feel good uh, feeling whenever you're like, just like food with people and friends. It's like, that's still that same good feeling with alcohol and friends and family, whatever activity it is. It's like they have to have alcohol with that situation. And yeah, if you could, if you could limit yourself and have that, I mean, Lane Orton even had studies with it with like having a certain, a certain amount of alcohol in your day and it won't affect you. But if you start over consuming too much alcohol, then you're going to have, you're going to shut down protein synthesis. You're going to start getting into these different bad situations. Plus alcohol has calories, but people don't understand that. And then you start having one beer, two beers, three beers, four, five, six. You're, you're talking about four, five, six, seven hundred, eight hundred calories just in alcohol alone, not including the food. Because now that you're drinking alcohol, you're craving more. Um, obviously you talk about those, those, um, drunken binge, drunken binge nights that you want to do. You want to go to Jack in the box and go get whatever it is. Cause you're drunk. And now you want to go into a drive to a Jack in the box and pretty much binge on the whole menu. And that's what alcohol does. Like people who want, who have, who end up getting drunk, they want to crave and they want, they binge and crave all these different foods. If they weren't drinking, they wouldn't have done that in the first place. So it puts in that bad position with, uh, food that's much more, that's much worse, worse for you. And then, um, it's just, I don't know, it's just a bad situation to get in there. Like me, I just have one or two and you feel fine. If I do have a night where I have, my friend makes fun of me, my friend, Josh, uh, cause he's gotten drunk with me before. And the fun thing is he's like, you're the one person I know who gets drunk and eats ground sirloin and rice. <laughs> that's like my, that's like my binge meal. I don't go like, they all went to Jack in the box. We got drunk together. They all went to Jack in the box and got burgers and fries. And my dumbass went to my fridge, got pulled out. Jasmine rice and ground steroid ate that. And I was like, all right, this is me. <laughs> this is my binge meal, but that's me. You know what I mean? I learned. That's just what I do. Yeah. I've always wanted to stay on. That's just like, that's just how I am. But if you feel like you're the person who's going to go to Jack and box and binge, it's like, maybe you should limit yourself, have one or two or three. I always say like three or four is like a good limit. After that, then you're kind of going to get into a bad position. But this the, pretty much the big thing is if you're, if you get drunk, are you feeling drunk? That's probably where you pass that moment. So kind of figure out where your number is alcohol wise. And then from there, just try not to do too much because like I said, like don't get peer pressure into drinking too much. Don't let someone fill your drink up over and over. Just look at how much you're drinking. If you told yourself you're going to have one, then you have one. If you told yourself you're not going to drink tonight, then just don't drink tonight. Um, more problems come out of it, not just nutrition wise, but even just law, like just breaking the law wise and whatnot. If you just don't, you don't ever have to let people peer pressure. I feel like it's the biggest thing people want to peer pressure alcohol a lot so yeah peer pressure is kind of it's a fickle thing man because once you start it once you kind of once you kind of give in a little bit you kind of just give in a lot you know what i mean there, yeah. there really is no like oh okay fine i want to use that usually turns into two or three and then you know and then you got a dui for that right? <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so again this one's again all about this discipline it's about making making the right choice and that's, that's what success is, is, making a bunch of small choices over time. You know what I mean? 
it's all it's all about is making small choices. Am I gonna have a drink today or not? No. Okay, that's one good small choice. Am I gonna have you know burger and fries tonight or not? I'm not gonna you know it's making a bunch of small little choices over and over again. Yeah, and if you feel like you're missing out, you're not. Like I said, there's you go. There's always another day. There's always another time to hang out with them. But if you can hang out with them, you know you could. You're disciplined enough enough to not um, pass that point, or let's say you drink too much to where you can't drive, or you whatever it is, then just hang out with them. And if they tell you they try to peer pressure you to drink more, then you know what? Then that's not the friends you probably should have around you all the time. All my friends, whenever I even when I was in prep, I hung out with them, went over to their house. Um, they had dinner or whatever it is, and it's like they never bothered me to drink. They're like, "Yeah, we know what you're doing. We know where your goal is." Blah blah blah. They never bunk one squad, but that's good friends, you know. Like they're not even gonna push it because why? They know my goals and why? Why? Why push it? Mm-hmm. But uh, if you have friends who do want to pray pressure you, then you probably should think about your friends and whatnot because your friends should be supportive in whatever decision that you're you're doing. So, and you're not missing out. Like I said, if you feel like if you do go out with them, you're gonna binge on alcohol because you feel like you need to, because it comes down to like a social thing too. People feel like they can't be social enough unless they have alcohol, then you probably shouldn't go then because then you know, you could probably just get the business shit out of it. So I understand that be more a social person. You don't need alcohol. Just be yourself. If people don't like you for being yourself and you need alcohol to be yourself, then that's probably the friends. Like again, the, the people you should probably shouldn't be around with because there's always a good, like me and you get along very well. We don't need alcohol to freaking get along. So so yeah, figure out, sure. You need to figure out the people, your kind of people, and the stick with your kind of people. So no need to try to fit into anybody. Um, the bonus thing that I wanted to add to this was um, these nutrition challenges that you talked, you brought up fiber and whatnot, but the bonus thing I wanted to add was uh, people not eating enough. I think that's a big nutrition challenge. Um, because the reason like they're feeling like they're always hungry, the reason they're feeling like they want to binge, or the reason they're feeling like they have these cravings, I think it's because it's lack of eating. So I wanted to add that as one of the nutrition challenges is this like they're either too restricted or when they're too restricted, their cravings increase. And when their cravings increase, they increase their binging and wanting to binge. Um, so it's just like, don't stop being too restrictive. Start focusing on more health and rather just on, if you've been dieting for a year, then you probably should just pull back and start focusing on health, reverse dieting, bringing metabolism back up, metabolic restoration, all that, all that good stuff. <clears throat> bring your calories up, bring your fats up and just feeling good. And then, so you're not, cause like I said, like being too restricted is going to want you to have those increased cravings and those increased cravings will want you to binge. So it's just like pull yourself out of that situation, put yourself in a better, more healthy situation to where you're not dealing with all that different stuff. And now you're in a better place to um, adapt to any goal you want to do. Focus on that for a while. And then when you focus on that for a while and your calories increase by a lot and you're able to enjoy food, you're able to enjoy all these different things and then get to every goal that you want to choose to do. Because you keep dieting. Like I know a girl who, one of my clients, she was dieting for like two years before she met me. And it's like, holy shit. Like at that point, you're ready to burn out and quit altogether because you just been, you don't know why you can't get to where it is for the last two years. Like, no, like, because like, like I said, you've been too restrictive with yourself, you're just going to quit. So if you... If your coach has you doing something, you're dieting for the last two years and you probably just think about a new coach. So it's just like focus on your health. If you, like I said, if you've been doing something for so long, think about it. You might want to pull back, focus on your health again, bring your calories up, bring your fats up, and you're just going to feel that much better. So what do you think? That one is just, you know, I, I, I would say try to a caution. Because if you're someone who's dieted for a while, and you're not seeing results, then yeah, you're probably eating too little. You probably have 
some, you know, effects of adaptive thermogenesis. And, you know, you may want to seek out, you know, seek out Coach Gilbert here and, try, you know, figure a plan out for that. However, if you're someone who hasn't dieted really much, you know, you may not be too little. It, it, it's just a fine line because you, you can really, if you eat more, you can easily go over and gain a bunch of weight. So, yeah. you know, it, it's a hard one. You know, I, I would just say if you dieted for a long time and you're struggling to lose weight despite really eating next to nothing, maybe seek out, go over here and get a professional to help you with a reverse diet. Because that, that's something, you know, you really got to do, but you also have to be a little more knowledgeable no, yeah, even with my even with my bigger clients, I uh, they actually start eating a whole lot more when they first start is because all they're doing is they're pretty much changing their whole structure of their day and they're eating a lot more food and they just be because I feel like a lot of even like a lot of bigger people they hardly ever eat and it's because this their metabolism is shot from not really eating anything at all and then when they do eat it's always just like a really high excessive calories not one one or two meals of just crap that's not. So performance-wise, they're lacking, and activity-wise, so then they get to me, their activities are much higher, um, very slowly, though, and then um, then they have a much structure in their day. There's protein throughout the day more, and there's actually yeah. still foods that they still get to enjoy. And next thing you know, they're eating a whole lot more food, and they're like, I'm losing weight. Like, there you go, yeah. But like I said, like, my biggest thing, like, when I eat more fats in my day, I actually my a lot of my cravings go away when I'm having a lot more fats in my day. I'm like, I don't even crave too much because it's just like, it's crazy because I, when I – um, we had talked about this, like incorporating more fats into my day rather than having like a little bit, um, like adding from yolk or from, you know, extra olive oil or just almonds or whatever it is, or peanut butter. Um, yeah, I just feel that, I just feel that much better. I could go out the day and I'm like, uh, eh. like I see this food, I see this burger, pizza, whatever. I just like, look at it like, ah, eh, whatever. Cause the craving's not even there. Cause I've, I've had so much fat, um, uh, from my diet that it's like, my body doesn't even care to have it. So it's just like, I feel good. And I feel like people lack in that. Like I said, like fats is the second best macro to me or to us. So it's just like, once you start getting to that point where you have that good number fat wise of, um, in your plan, you have a, a good amount of it, then your cravings for whatever it is actually go down as well in my experience. So, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> All right, man. Um, is there anything else you want to add to the nutrition challenges Excel? No, I think you covered it. Yeah. All right then. Um, so if you're still here, hope you all enjoyed the episode. Um, again, if you want coaching, just go to raintraining.com, R-E-V-E-I-N, training.com. Go to the Instagram, Rain Training. Uh, ask whatever question you want. Um, in the DMs, I'll answer whatever it is. Um, but yeah, if you're still listening, appreciate your support. Appreciate your continued support. Hope to hear from you next week. Anthony, appreciate you coming on again. Glad to see you again as well. Um, it's always good to have your knowledge on here. Um, yeah, anything else you want to add to the episode as well? No, I pretty like I said, you kind of covered it. Pretty sure everyone's sticking around and listening, right? Yeah, it's probably just our moms, but whatever. All right, y'all have a good day. All right, take care. Bye bye.